A lot of things happening around here. Let's get to what we're here for this morning, though. If you will turn into the book of Mark, chapter 10. You're thinking, will we ever get out of Mark? Yeah, eventually. There's a lot of good stuff in Mark. Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 46. And they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they, um, they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose up and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith had made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. An exciting story. I know that in some of the different accounts, there's two blind guys. Um, Mark and, uh, is just focusing on Bartimaeus here because he's the one that, that, that really... Uh, Lifted up Jesus, followed Jesus afterwards. There's a lot of connection here. But here's the story. Here's the first point. The first big point. Jesus is passing through Jericho. And they came, verse 46, and they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat at the, by the highway side begging. There's a large crowd. They're all these people. They're Passover pilgrims. They're coming from all over Israel to go to Jerusalem for Passover. This is a, and Jesus is on his way. He is on his way to Jerusalem, and yet what will happen at that Passover time is the death, the burial, and the resurrection. That they're on their way, and they're going to Jerusalem. Jericho is about 18 miles from Jerusalem. Now, you might be thinking, I thought Jericho was destroyed. It was. This is, about, this is not on the same ground that the city of Jericho that Joshua walked around and the walls fell down and, and uh, Rahab was there. And it, this is not the same on the same site. It's just named the same thing. It's like we have cities that are named the same in different places. Like I was talking to somebody earlier. I used to live in San Antonio, Florida. You probably didn't know there was a San Antonio, Florida. There's some very um, famous musicians that came. Well, they're just outside of San Antonio in a place called Darby, uh, the Bellamy Brothers. <laughs> I used to ride the school bus with them, Larry. Their grand aunt rode, uh, drove the bus. And those guys, they would chew tobacco. They'd sit up toward the front, spit, and it would come out and hit you back in the w back window. <laughs> David Bellamy, man. Anyway, they're going through Jericho. Jericho, lots of things happen in Jericho on this trip. By the way, this is the same place where Zacchaeus 
uh, was in the tree. And uh, I've actually been there. Charlie, we've been there in Maryland and, and, and Jan. We went through there. And uh, I think I got a really nice picture for my wife there, glass stuff. City's still there. There's a big tree there. They say that was the one that Zacchaeus was in. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> but on that road, that is the stopping place. By the way, I was, I was speaking to our, our missionary that does stuff in Israel, and maybe in 22 we'll be able to go take another trip. So just kind of put that down if you want to go to Israel. 2022 may be the time we get to go. Maybe the Lord will come back before then. Who knows? But they're here. And, they, and by the way, it was an exciting city. Herod the Great, he built a great big winter palace there. This is very close to the Dead Sea. It's between the Dead Sea and Jerusalem. And, and uh, we came out of there. And it, it's an it's a interesting place. He also had that big thing, Masada, out by the Dead Sea. Herod had houses everywhere. Um, 15 miles northwest of Jerusalem, 5 miles from the Jordan River, and the route from Perea to Jerusalem. By the way, there's a baptismal spot there um, right by Jericho, and that's not where we baptized people. Because if you go to that spot, and I think, did we actually go to that spot? Uh, I can't remember. I went the first time. The water's green. It's nasty. It, it's, it, it, and nobody wants to get in there, yet there are some people doing their ritual bathing there, and, and it's okay. Where we went for people to be baptized in the Jordan was a little farther north, and the water was clear and nice, and it was, it was, it was good. But Jesus is passing through Jericho, and big point number two, Bartimaeus starts calling out to him. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. There were two guys there, but Bartimaeus is the one that's named. Mark and Luke focused their attention on Bartimaeus because he was the more vocal of the two. The beggars heard that Jesus of Nazareth was coming. The healer, he was passing by, and they did their best to get his attention. He, they wanted some mercy. It's interesting, though, the words that Bartimaeus used. Thou son of David. Thou son of David. That's a very important phrase, by the way. That's a, a phrase that is uh, used of the Messiah. That's a messianic title. It was, uh, uh, we, we see it used in, only in the synoptic gospels. The son of David. Bartimaeus has a little bit of a clue who Jesus is. He's heard about all the miracles. He's heard about uh, the, the, the dead being raised. He's heard about others getting their sights, the deaf. Getting, uh, being, uh, hearing again. He's heard about all these things, and he's figured out in his mind that only, only the Messiah can do those type of things. And he calls out, thou son of man. And then the crowd, they try to silence him. Verse 48. 
By the way, the crowd silenced him, another point. And many charged him in that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. They tried to shut him up. You would think the disciples by this time would have known better because they've already been rebuked for trying to keep kids away from Jesus. And, and, and Jesus is not, he doesn't want people to, to be kept away. He wants them to come in. He's, he's there to serve, right? He came to seek and save those that were lost. And that's what's going on here. But all the people, oh, stay with them. Don't bother them. Oh. I appreciate Gretchen. She does a good job of screening calls sometimes, most of the time, because uh, I don't want to talk to salesmen. And I feel bad talking to missionaries because I can't take every missionary on and can't give every missionary things, but I'll, I'll, I do talk to them. But there are some people who say, oh, just don't bother the preacher with those things. Listen, I'm here to serve. I'm here to minister. Go ahead and bother me. If I don't want to be bothered, I'll tell you. I'll say, go see Dennis. <laughs> and Dennis always says, go see the preacher. <laughs> I'll say, go see Cynthia then. <laughs> Listen, we don't want to keep people away from Jesus. We want to bring them to Jesus. Then Jesus heals this man. It says, and Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately... He received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Of course, the crowd tried to silence them, but Jesus stopped. He called for the men. The crowd started to encourage them then. You know, desperate people do not permit the crowd to keep them from Jesus. Desperate people do anything they can to get to Jesus. Desperate people do anything they can to survive. Bartimaeus threw off his garment so he wouldn't trip on it. He, he ran. Or he, I don't know how good he ran. Somebody must have led him as quickly as they can to the master. No doubt some of the, the pilgrims or the disciples helped him. And Jesus goes, what do you want me to do for you? That seems like a strange question to ask a blind man. Jesus always has his reason. By the way, it's the same question that he asked James, John, and, and, and uh, Salome, their mother, when they came to him wanting to sit on the right hand and the left hand. What is it you want me to do for you? They came with a, a, <laughs> a really bad attitude. They wanted power. This man came because he wanted healing. And then he says something interesting here. When Bartimaeus was called, he called Jesus Lord. Did you sit that? He says, 
Lord, that I might receive my sight. It's very interesting to me, only two people use that term of Jesus at that point in time. It's, it's a, it, means, it means rabbi. Mary used it in John chapter 20 when she met the resurrected son, uh, son of God. And this man, this blind man, he called him the son of David, a messianic title. But, but the, the, the rabbini, or the Lord, was an expression of personal faith. Matthew, in his account, says that Jesus was moved with compassion and he touched the eyes and the man were healed. This man recognized two things. He recognized that Jesus was the Messiah and he recognized that he needed a very personal relationship with that Messiah. He saw the big picture and then he saw the small picture. He said, Jesus says, your faith has made you well. It has saved you. At this point in time, Bartimaeus' physical and spiritual eyes were opened. The outward healing reflected the inner wellness of Bartimaeus' salvation. What a great story, right? So what does that have to do with us? Let me give you some things this morning. Here is the big, as the preachers say, the proposition. This is what I want you to get more than anything, that we have got to go to Jesus for our healing. We have got to go to Jesus for our healing. How do we do that? First of all, we call on the name of Jesus. Mark 10 Verse 47, and when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And in Mark 10, 51, and Jesus answered and said unto him, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. He cried to Jesus. We need to cry to Jesus. By the way, that doesn't mean that we are to use Jesus' name in, in, as an expletive or to enhance a conversation. No, we are to call on him for healing. The Lord of the universe, the creator of all, the Lord of lords. We are to call on Jesus. We are to call on him for salvation. See, that's our greatest need. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Romans 10.13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Acts 16, verses 30 and 31, and uh, talking about the Philippian jailer, and they bought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. You see, the greatest need that we have is salvation. Because we're messed up. We have all messed up. Okay? There is none righteous. None of us are perfect. We've all missed the mark. And we have this need because we can't be with God 
we can't have that relationship with God because there's this big thing called sin keeping us from having that relationship. We need a way to make that relationship whole again, and Jesus is the way. You know, I'm not sure how long we're going to keep this up here. Maybe through the summer, I don't know. But it, this tells us, this is the center of everything we believe. Jesus died on this cross. He gave his blood that we might be washed clean. He was buried and he rose again. Conquering sin, conquering death, allowing us to have through his grace, through his mercy, eternal life. When we believe in him, he will save us. He will heal us from the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin is we can't be with God. We can't be in the perfect place called heaven because of our sin. He heals us from that. He heals us from that penalty. Not only that, he heals us from the power of sin. We don't have to live in, with the power of sin on us all the time. Do you realize when you receive Christ as your Savior, you're forgiven forever? Forever. We were having a conversation in a Sunday school class this morning. As the Bible tells us that we're, we're doing Revelation, and we're kind of doing it a little bit different way. But Revelation 1, there's a, I think it was verse 6 tells us that, that Jesus has made us kings and priests. Do you realize that you're a king and a priest in Jesus Christ? That's a pretty good thing to be, isn't it? We no longer have to answer for any of that sin in the past. Any of that sin in the present, <clears throat> excuse me, in the present, and any of that sin in the future, it's all forgiven. It's all gone. Now, I know we live in that world where we beat ourselves up for it all the time. Can I tell you, that's not healthy. You've been healed of that. You've been healed of that. You don't have to beat yourself up. 1 John 1, 9 says, if thou confess thy sins. Do you realize what that word confess means? It means agree with God that it's sinful. It doesn't say beg God for forgiveness again. You've already been forgiven. It means agree with God that this is sinful and your relationship with God is, is restored or, or is kept close. That's what that's all about. We don't have to be. I was telling Eric, I know that song, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm no longer a sinner. I'm a saint. I'm a, a, a priest and a king according to Jesus Christ. I think I'll take Jesus' words. I understand the concept. Yes, I was a sinner. Yes, I still sin. I'm forgiven it all. But praise the Lord, I am healed from the penalty of sin. I am healed from the power of sin. Praise the Lord, I'll be healed from the very presence of sin. There'll be a time that we are in the presence of God and we will not have to deal with that anymore. That is the most complete healing. But that's not the only healing we get when we trust Christ as our Savior, when we call on Jesus. We get emotional healing. 
me read some, some passages or cover some passages because I want you to start thinking. First of all, I want you to start thinking as a priest and a prince or a princess. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is talking, and he is part of the Sermon on the Mount. He says, Therefore I say, and you take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment? And he goes on, he talks about the, the birds. How They don't plant. By the way, got some squash planted out there. Thank you, Sue. They don't plant, yet they have plenty to eat. Don't they? I think so. He, God feeds them. And he goes, which of you, by taking thought, one can add one cube? How in the world can you worry yourself tall? I wish I could worry myself tall. I know my son would love to worry himself tall. He loved basketball, and he's just not real tall. I would worry myself skinny. No, you got to go through that not eating right and all that other stuff. It says, don't worry about food, or food. Don't worry about getting tall. Don't worry about your clothes. He'll take care of you. Don't we spend too much time in emotional turmoil over the, 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 the things that we think we ought to have or the things we think we need, and we worry, and we worry, and we worry. That's not good for us. Hey, we are princes. We are priests. We have been healed from our sin. We can be healed from that emotional turmoil that comes from that sin because we're, grace has saved us. Oh, man. This last week I've been doing some remodeling in our bathroom. Um, took out the old counters, old vanities, and then I um, took out the old toilet and I put down new flooring and I put a new toilet in. And I put new vanities in, got through all that stuff, and I went to put the handles on the drawers in the vanity. One, one set had the handles, and the other one didn't. I thought maybe I had left them someplace, and I worried and worried. Where, where are those handles? What could I have done with those handles? I'm going to tell on Cindy and I, we watch a, um, it's a British television show called Death in Paradise. It, it's funny and silly and an escape thing. I had a dream. The detective off of Death of Paradise was looking for my, my handles. <laughs> Think there might be a little bit of emotional problem there. I finally figured out they didn't come, so I went back to Home Depot. They said, well, we'll just go get some handles, and we'll, we'll mark those down. And, and it's all good. God took care of it. I stressed out and had bad dreams. <laughs> Why? Well, I wasn't allowing for God's emotional healing. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. That was true for Joshua. It's even more true for us because when we 
get that healing of salvation. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside us. He is with us all the time. Romans tells us, For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. I know emotionally we get all worked up over a lot of different things, but if we will just trust in God and God's word, the healing that Jesus gives us, we don't have to be anxious anymore. We don't have to be afraid. We can call Abba Father. Oh, if you don't know, that's like Daddy. I love it when my kids call me Daddy. I respond to dad and old man and all these other things that they'll call. But when they really need something, it's daddy. We have a daddy in heaven that made everything. Don't you think he'll respond to us? Philippians 4. Really kind of, it's the New Testament version of Joshua 1.8. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. So let me sum that up. Quit worrying. Don't be anxious. Pray about it. Then keep your mind saturated with the Word of God because that's the only place you're going to find things that are honest and, and just and pure and lovely and, and good report of virtue and praise. You're not going to get that anywhere else except in the Word of God. Why is it that we need the Word of God? It's an instruction book. Man, I... I, I went through all the instructions. I actually tried to follow all the instructions this time instead of doing what I wanted to do. And when I came up with something that I didn't know what to do, I called Charlie. And he said, go do this and this. And then I had to make, Charlie, you, you know that the, the pipes coming out for that drain, the, the, the trap and stuff, they're uh, one and a half inch. But if you go to Home Depot, it says the bathroom stuff's one and three quarters. So I had to make like three trips. And I got to get the kitchen stuff. And Anyway, it's done. It came out good after three trips to Home Depot. <clears throat> the Word of God is an instruction book for us. I've had some training in counseling, neuthetic counseling, what means biblical-based. I know Mafalda's got a degree in counseling. L let me tell you what great counseling is, great Christian counseling is. In Ephesians, there's a passage that talks about put on and put off. We are to put off the old man and put on the new man. That's just real simple. It's identify the sinful habits that we have, repent of them, and put on godly habits. Okay? You can't, don't just, 
I can't, I'm never going to do that again. No, you got to replace something. You can't get rid of something without replacing it with something good, right? So you replace the old things, the old way the culture tells you to think, with the way that God's Word tells you to think, and guess what? You start getting that emotional healing. Does it happen overnight? No. That's why we're to meditate in God's Word. You see, when Jesus heals, He heals us completely at salvation. He heals us emotionally, and yes, He does physical healing. Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou, uh, what that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said, Go thy way, thy faith had made thee whole. And immediately his sight and followed Jesus in the way. He heals physically. You can ask me <laughs> what that looks like. That looks like a lot of different things. That looks like how God has allowed our intellect to expand and people who have come up with um, medicines and antibiotics and, and, and doctors and nurses and technicians, God uses them to heal people. By the way, don't think any of that stuff's an accident. God will at times miraculously heal someone physically. Doesn't happen all the time. But he can do that, and he does do that. You've all heard of those things. But ultimately, our God, Jesus, is the great physician. And he has the power to heal. And he chooses the way he heals. And he chooses the people he uses to heal. Even this message today is designed for some of us to heal emotionally and physically and some for salvation. We pray a lot for folks that for their healing. And sometimes God answers that a little bit differently than we think. Sometimes he takes people home for the ultimate healing. That's a sad thing for us, but a glorious thing for them. See, we have to call on Jesus for our healing. We do that. We do that when we call on him. Secondly, that healing comes from Jesus when we place our faith in him. Mark 10, 52, and Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith had made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Hebrews 11, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, 
and was not found because God had translated him. And before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We have to come to Jesus in faith. We got to believe that he'll do what he says he will do. That's faith. That's trusting. Romans 1.17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. It is written, the just shall live by faith. Ephesians 2.8, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Ephesians 3.2, in whom we have boldness and access and confidence by faith of him. Ephesians 3.17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, and ye being rooted and grounded in love. Ephesians 4.13, till we all come in the unity of faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. And then I love Ephesians 16, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. There is more and more and more and more and more to be said of faith. <laughs> Romans chapter 8 asks a question about Jesus. It's a rhetorical question. I love it. I'm going to paraphrase it. You know, Jesus died on a cross. He was buried. He rose again to wash away your sin. Won't he take care of everything else that you need in your life if he'll take care of your sin? Have you ever thought about it that way? We have to have faith in him. Listen, that same chapter says all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. I don't know how all that works. I have seen it work. Take you back. August 13th, 2004. You guys down your head, you've been over here. What y'all don't know is at that point in time, there was a wall here. There were offices over there. Pastor Bale's office was closest to the wall. Mine, there was a wall, and then mine was over here. I heard the toilets flush every time. And since he was up here, Mr. Keller had an up part there, um, and there was a wall here, and there were classrooms along there, and I don't know, about every, it seemed like every six months we were taking down a wall and putting up a wall, and we had plans to do what this was happening, what to do this expansion. And um, if you guys have ever been around church long enough, we don't always do things well. I was talking to a man yesterday. He he got. Um, uh, we've been redoing our decks out there because they're 15 years old and they're starting to rot. And so we were redoing it. And and he says this was real church carpentry because he got some of the spare wood. Some of it had nails. Some of it had screws. Some of it had torque head screws. That's a church. That's it. Everybody uses whatever they have, and it's just a mess. Charlie came through. Took a the the. Uh, 
steeple off the front. That's a whole new thing out there. Tumbled across, punched holes, tore up a whole bunch of other stuff. It was a mess. Y'all remember the first time we came inside? We were pointing this way, I think. Yeah. And, and then we, because we had a little bit of air conditioner over here or something. God allowed through that to remodel everything. It all came out pretty good. We have we're it's a pretty decent auditorium now. Now I would not have thought that on August fourteenth or August fourteenth of two thousand five. A year later, it still was crazy. We had our carpet was beautiful blue tarp. God blessed through all of that. You know that? Our church, 100 people moved out. We had 100 and more than 100 come in. Hard to believe. God's blessing. God, through this COVID thing, what has God, God has blessed through this. It's turning into something good. He has healed. And it comes from faith. We had enough faith to go outside and start Drive-in church. We had enough faith to come back in, and, and God remodeled. We, we, we had enough faith to, to start giving out food, and man, has God blessed that. You see, we just have to believe that God will do what he says he'll do. That's faith. It's how we come to him, by faith. Last thing, we're going to call on Jesus we're going to call on him for healing. We call on his name, that name above all names. We come to him in faith, and then we follow him. And Jesus said to him, go thy way, thy faith had made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Out of gratitude to Jesus, they joined the pilgrim band who started toward Jerusalem. They followed Jesus. This is the last healing miracle recorded in Mark. And it, and it, and it really fits into to Mark's servant theme. We see Jesus Christ, God's suffering servant, on his way to the cross, yet he stops to serve two blind beggars. What love, what mercy, what grace. He saved us. He healed us from our sin. He heals us physically. He heals us emotionally. When we put our faith into him, doesn't it make sense we just follow him? Doesn't it make sense we just follow him? See, I, I, I don't do what I do to try to impress God. God can't be really impressed with me. I don't think he's real impressed with you. I, I can't perform my way into good standing with God. I'm just not that good. And neither are you. But because he loved me, and, and because of his grace, because of his mercy, because 
he allowed me to call on him for healing, there's nothing else I can do but to follow him. I need to be involved in what he is involved in. I need to be involved in in sharing with others that they can be healed. And so do you. I need to follow him wherever he goes. Whatever he may ask. Whatever he may allow. And you know what? He'll heal. He heals us completely. If you're here this morning, you're hurting, call on Jesus. There's a song and a book called Hurt Healer. I can't remember the guy who wrote it, and, and uh, I've actually heard him preach before. He grew up in Jacksonville on the buses, and an amazing story he has. Jesus makes things right. He hurts. He heals the hurts. Some of you are here, you're hurting because of what others have done to you. He can take those hurts and heal those. He can take the pressures of trying to live up to whatever this world says we're to live up to, and he can heal you of that. He can heal you completely. Call on him. If you're here and you've never trusted Christ, now's the time to believe in him and call on him to heal you. Whatever your need is, Jesus can heal it. Call on him. Trust in him through faith. Trust in his word. And follow him. Let's pray. Father, as we come this morning, I am so thankful that you heal. I can call on Jesus. Lord, when you heal, you heal completely. Lord, I understand that we don't always get that. That that, that our eyes stray from you and and. The, the pressures around us get us going in, in different directions and we, 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 we worry and we fret and we are not healthy. But by looking to you and trusting in you, having faith in you, all will be healed. Help us, Father. Strengthen our faith. Help us to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen.